Welcome to Where Parents Talk. My name is Leanne Castellino. Our guest today is a mom of three and Queen's Park reporter covering education for the largest daily newspaper in Canada, the Toronto Star. Kristen Rashoui is a multiple award-winning journalist who has previously covered the political beat as well as topics focused on early childhood. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. Kristen, I wanted to start by asking you, you if you could paint a picture for us of what it's been like for you uh, as a reporter covering one of the busiest, fastest moving stories, hot topics during this pandemic, while also managing raising three children. Uh, so it's been busy, right? I mean, I guess initially we all thought working from home might be a little bit easier and it has been in the fact that, you know, you don't have to commute, um, but the days are long and there's still a lot of work to do. And, you know, as you said, education, which I've been covering for the last year, um, has been really, really busy. I mean, everything sort of started with the school shutting down and then with the schools going to reopen and then schools did reopen and what were they gonna look like? Um, up until very recently, January schools were shut down again and now in April they've been shut down. There are questions if they're gonna reopen. So it's kind of been a roller coaster like that. And certainly for my own kids, they've, they've experienced that as well. Um, my eldest daughter is 18. She's in her first year of university and um, she got a resident spot sort of last minute. So we took her to Kingston um, at the end of August, early September. And uh, then she came home over the holidays, but then got stuck here because of the shutdown order. So she was here for several months. Um, now I'm a single mom. Uh, we live in a bungalow and I've got twins as well. So there's four of us in the house. Um, we all managed to kind of carve out our own space, but yeah, it's it's been a juggling act. And I think finding space in the house, that's been one issue because um, we all want to study. I've got to work, you know, um, the kids want quiet. <laughs> I want quiet, but with four of us, that doesn't always happen. Well, it, and I have to say, you make it sound really easy by saying it's busy, but the fact is, is you've got, you know, deadlines happening at multiple times during the day on a topic that you also have a very interesting perspective about being a mother of three teenagers. So I'm wondering, how has that impacted you, this, this confluence of events? How has that impacted you as both a journalist and as a parent? Well, it's interesting because, you know, as a journalist, I mean, the news is never ending, right? And I could be on my phone 24-7 and filing updates to stories all the time. But it is interesting because you do sort of see how the government policies affect your kids on the ground, right? So my twins are in high school um, and they've been, we live in Toronto, so they've been part of this hybrid learning, which uh, throughout the year, which means they go to school basically every other morning for several hours and then the rest is online learning um, around the province other kids were like in smaller centers kids were going to school full-time in high school um, but in bigger centers like Toronto it was this hybrid model so you sort of see how that impacts your kids early on in the pandemic last year this time last year there wasn't a lot of what they call synchronous learning, which is sort of the live stream, the live learning. There wasn't a lot of that. And I'll have to say that was really difficult for the kids. Um, it was hard to get them motivated. I mean, it was really hard for me to get them out of bed, to be quite honest. Um, but I found with the hybrid model, they had to sign in at quarter to nine. You know, the teachers took attendance. They were expected to show their faces. Um, you know, whether the camera's on or off, that's been a big debate too. But, you know, they were expected to check in and do work. So it's interesting to see how on the ground that actually works. Cause there was some debate also about the quadmester. Should they have two courses at a time? Should it be an octomester, which is one course at a time? Um, so that has, that has been fascinating actually. And especially with the quadmester because my kids have actually quite liked the quadmester with the two courses at a time. Um, 
they've had good combinations, mind you, you know, with my daughter right now has math and drama and my son has parenting and bio. So sort of one heavy subject and one, you know, not so science heavy, heavy topic as well. So yeah, I mean, it's been fascinating from that point of view. And in what ways, I'm curious, has this situation forced you to change how you function as a journalist? Well, I mean, I, I was filing multiple times a day anyway um, on stories. I was filing multiple stories a week. I mean, I, I found the workload has increased exponentially. There seem to be developments throughout the day uh, on most stories. You know, it, it's sort of, you never really know what to expect. I, I always expect that by the end of the day, there will be some breaking education news and that's pretty much held true. Um, I've also covered the post-secondary beat as well. So there's been a lot with that. I mean, uh, Laurentian University, um, as you know, listeners may or may not know, um, had to file for creditor protection because it ran into some trouble during the pandemic. That's also been a story that I've been, you know, following quite closely. So there's been that, which is a result of, you know, the school was saying as a result of the pandemic. So yes, I've always sort of had a very busy work life and worked long hours. It just seems to me it's never ending. Um, and, you know, even on weekends, I find the, the education minister will put out a statement on a Sunday. That's to me is a little unusual. Um, so it, yeah, it does seem sort of like a 24 seven operation sometimes. Well, and it's almost hard to remember what life was like before the pandemic. For those of us who thought that was challenging with parents. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I'm curious, have you always wanted to be a journalist? And, and if so, when did that uh, start for you? So um, I didn't, when I was a little kid, I used to pretend to do interviews. So I guess there was always something kind of there. Um, but when I, <coughs> sorry, when I went to university, initially I was studying psychology and then I switched into an English major and I worked at the newspaper. I, I went to Queens and I uh, worked at the Queens Journal there. And through that, I got a summer internship at the Wick Standard. And after that, I was, I was hooked. So um, after finishing up at Queens, I went to Ryerson and uh, from there uh, went on to work at the Canadian Press and the Star. So, you know, sort of, I would say late teens, but definitely was my sort of my university years that got me interested and definitely volunteering at the student paper is what, uh, what got me there. And then at what point in your journey did you decide that you also wanted to be a mother? And, you know, what was your approach on, as you say, balancing, you know, a very busy work-life situation? When I started at the Star, I was, um, I was a reporter, but then I moved on to the desk. So I was an assignment editor and a copy editor. And then I moved into beat reporting. And as a beat reporter, so I was covering education. So this was quite a while ago, it was uh, early 2000s. I was covering education. And I realized, um, and the star in particular is great for this, it, it was a very flexible job. And I, I figured I could make it work with kids. And I mean, I had three kids within two years. So it was pretty, it was pretty hairy there for a while. But the one thing I did like about covering a beat and especially the education beat is that, you know, if I needed to work from home, I could, if I had to cover a night meeting and I could have the day off and then I would just, you know, so I didn't really have traditional childcare arrangements, but I was able to work my work life around my home life. If my kids were sick, I stayed home with them and I would either work from home or take a sick day. Um, you know, it, it worked for me. I just found that the combination of, you know, filing news, but also being able to visit schools, sometimes going to the office, sometimes not, uh, really worked for me. Although the hours varied, working days and night shifts, that was kind of nice. I mean, it did, it meant I could, I mean, every day I walked my kids to school in the morning, right? My, my shifts would start late enough that I could do that. Or if I was working a night shift, I mean, I didn't put the kids to bed, but I was there for them for lunch and dinner. So 
I thought it worked really well, especially when the kids were young. Um, as they got older, I mean, it's less of an issue. You know, they don't really care if you're there. <laughs> don't walk them to school. They don't really want you to walk them to school. They don't care if you're there for breakfast, but you are around for them if they need it. So for me personally, and I've told younger reporters at the Star this as well, that beat reporting is really, if you're going to, if you're a parent, it is really probably the easiest arrangement you will have, um, as opposed to being a copy editor, for example, where you're on the desk, you have very set hours, it's not as flexible, you are at your desk for those hours. Um, so I think being a reporter made it much, much easier for me to balance having three kids and a very busy career. It's interesting because, you know, media is certainly one of several industries that is not always kind to families. As you look on sort of your entire experience and where you are now, what would you say uh, are some of the, um, you know, strategies and tips that work for you? You mentioned the fact that beat reporting really did give you that flexibility, but what else I'm wondering and, and what kind of advice would you give to any mom and many of them have discovered this during this pandemic? to try to balance uh, all these different elements? The thing I've always done um, during the pandemic, especially, but always even before that, is I've always, it's the juggling that's important, right? And the way you juggle it. So for example, if um, my kids, my, you know, my daughter was in brownie, so she wanted to go to brownie meeting, but then I would have a deadline. So I would take her there. Sometimes you would make the phone call, you know, you become the education minister while your daughter's in brownies. And I would take a laptop with me and file, you know, from the soccer game, I would file from the sidelines or if my son's playing hockey. I mean, I just, I found that was the best way to do it. So you're there for your kids, but you're also not shirking on your work duties either. Um, and, you know, the thing too with, with beat reporting is that because you get to know your sources so well, right after covering education, but even, you know, if you're on a beat for a couple of years, you do get to know the players involved. You have the context, you have the background. So if there is breaking news, um, for, an ex for example, now it was probably, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago when the director of the um, school board on, on Easter Sunday, I think he stepped down. I mean, I knew how to reach him. I had all the context for the story. So I could actually get together with all that background material quite quickly. I knew how to reach him. And then I could, you know, file the story fairly quickly. Like the work could be done. The work can be done very efficiently because you know, you know your stuff, basically. You can get your story filed. You can reach the people you need to reach and you know who you need to reach, which makes your job that much easier. You know, it's interesting. And again, I feel like you make it sound so easy, but there are a lot of people that would, you know, really have great admiration for how you're able to really put a puzzle together every single day at several points in the day. And I know, um, you know, uh, if your kids are playing sports and whatever, as you described, it's, it's, it's challenging. The other piece of the story, though, is the media landscape and the seismic shifts that it has undergone in the last, you know, 15 years, let's say, and social media being what it is and the 24-hour news cycle being what it is. I'm curious as to what those two huge elements, how they impacted you again, both as a reporter and as a parent. Well, certainly for social media, I mean, as a reporter, I mean, it's made your job, it's made, made the job easier and that you can find people easier. You, you can put out a call for sources if you need it, but it's also made it harder because you do feel like the news cycle is never ending. And there is that temptation to be on Twitter all the time, checking Twitter. Um, you know, there's also, of course, the issue of, you know, in, in particular female journalists being targeted on social media, which, which does happen. Um, it's hard to get away from Twitter. And I'm just gonna say right now that I've not done a good job with that. It's something I still struggle with. I'm on it all the time, right? Especially at night, because you don't wanna miss anything. 
So in terms of that, yes, that that's made, it's made the job easier and harder. Um, as a mom, I mean, obviously with social media, there are concerns as well with my kids. Um, you know, cause you see, you see that they kind of hate and you see the kind of meanness and, and shaming and things like that that go on on social media. Um, and you, you know, you're the target of it yourself and your kids are too. So, you know, it's sort of that double-edged sword with, with the social media. Um, it has helped us tremendously as journalists, but I think there are many issues that we need to sort out with social media. Um, I tend to use it mostly to tweet out things of interest. So stories, um, if I'm looking for sources, sometimes for a story, I'll put a call saying I need a parent, a child in daycare or something, if I'm not able to find one on my own. Um, but you know, there's so much bad that comes with it too. And I think that's something that we really need to get a handle on. Um, and also personally, I need to learn to tear myself away from it. <laughs> it is certainly a, a, a lingering temptation for sure. Uh, I wonder if, um, if there are any other tips and strategies you can offer, um, Kristen, on, you know, people who really want to try to, to have that balance and, and, and are in industries where, um, you know, it isn't easy for families. It isn't easy. Uh, I mean, lots is easier now than it was not that long ago. Um, I'm speaking from experience when I first had my, or when I had my first child, they hadn't had a baby in that environment for a long, long time. So they didn't even know what was really involved in mat leave. But the fact <laughs> is, is that a lot has pro of progress has been made, but now we're in a different point with all of this information and all of these demands and deadlines and things. And I just wonder, you know, what sort of hopeful, uh, tips and strategies could you provide to, um, young mothers in particular and young families on how to strike that balance? Well, I think if you are, um, um, a, you know, I can speak as a print, you know, online journalist. Um, I think you, you work where you can, especially now being home during the pandemic, you work when you can. So if it means stealing an hour before your kids wake up, do it, or your kids go down for a nap, do it. Um, or after you put them to bed at night, if you have the flexibility of, you know, if you're working on a feature, for example, which sometimes we do, it's not always, you know, news, news, news every day. Sometimes we do get a chance to step back and have a few days to file a feature. I don't think it matters if you do it at night. If you need to spend the day with your kids and then you spend four hours at night writing, I think that's okay. The beauty of it is as long as the work is done at the end of the day, the hours in which you do it don't matter. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's not going to be a struggle. I mean, kids are going to get sick. Your kids need you. You know, I always have the, the rule that I put my kids first and that I worked my work around my kids. And generally that I was able to make that work. Um, when they were younger, obviously it was a much bigger challenge and, it, and it's harder. Um, and, you know, as we all know, during the pandemic in particular, moms have taken on a, a tougher load. And if kids are sick, it's typically the moms who are staying home. So it's not to say there's not going to be bumps in the road or times where you're going to, you know, cry your eyes out because it's, it's really hard to, to get everything, get it together. But I think if you put your kids first and then make the work, squeeze the work in where you can, it, it can be done. And it doesn't mean that you're not running yourself ragged because you are. These are, they're very long days, um, especially with a journalist. Sometimes they seem nonstop. So it might be the case that you're working till midnight and then getting up early next morning with your kids. But um, the one thing I always did try to remember is when they were young, that, you know, the level of need that they have for you, it levels off a little. It's a different kind of need as they get older and it does become a bit more manageable. Um, and as I said, when they get older, you are driving them places, but that's really what you spend your time doing, right? Hockey games, soccer games or whatever. Um, 
And you can, you know, when, if there's a soccer practice, there's no reason if you need to be working then, you take the time to drive them and talk to them. And then you've got the time when you're at the soccer field to, to do a bit of work. So, I mean, it's not perfect, but I, it is the way that I managed it as, they, as they're growing up. What would you say that you have learned about your children during, during this pandemic period? It's interesting to see their different styles, right? With especially when it was last March, when um, so all three of my kids last March were in high school still. My eldest was still in high school. Um, it was just interesting to see how they handled the work because again, it was that asynchronous learning where they could basically log on whenever they wanted and do the work. So, um, and all three were very different. Like my eldest daughter, of course, it was grade twelve. She was, and she's a very keen student, but you know, she got up every morning, had a very set routine, got the work done. Um, whereas the twins. I mean, my son was sometimes getting up at three o'clock in the afternoon and I was struggled to get him up earlier. So we kind of had a joke that I was enrolling him in night school. So he did his schoolwork at night. Um, and for my, uh, my, uh, my other daughter, his twin sister, she, um, she was pretty, pretty conscientious as well. I mean, she didn't have quite the schedule that her older sister had, but she was definitely getting up and getting the work done. Um, you know, also was dealing with frustration, just seeing how they dealt with frustration because some, especially those early days, I mean, it was very frustrating. And at one point um, we signed, I signed two of them up for summer school because um, they felt they'd fallen a bit behind. That just did not work. We gave up on that after about a week, the workload just, it, that there were a lot of tears and I just thought, okay, you know what, let's just give them the summer and we'll figure this out in the fall. Yeah, no. And it's, it just continues to evolve, right? We just really don't know from one day to the next, how it's going to all shake down. I wonder what have you learned about yourself Kristen, during this a very intense period, certainly in, in the world and in, 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 your, in your life? You know, I think it's just the fact that we can, we can endure this. I mean, at some points, it's been very bleak. I mean, I think last March, nobody expected it to last this long. Um, you know, we had sort of glimmers of hope throughout the summer, right? When the numbers were low, life was normal, but it was, you know, you could see your friends outside and you got sort of that feeling that things were going back to normal. And then of course, what's happened, you know, in the second and third waves. I mean, it's, it's been really hard. And I think sometimes finding the good in it um, is difficult. And the thing I do keep reminding myself, and the one thing that I have sort of seen as the silver lining of it is that, you know, before my daughter, um, my eldest daughter went off to university. I mean, we were leading obviously very busy lives, right? All three kids were in competitive sports. I mean, I was driving everywhere, I had long hours at work. And I feel like it was just gave us a chance to slow down. And I, it actually gave me time to be with the kids and especially my eldest before she went off. I feel like I gained all these months with her, you know, cause we were, you know, we're all working from home. We're eating together. You know, um, we decided to take on, we wanted to learn pandemic skills. So my daughter learned to cook before she went off to university. I mean, it was just, I really appreciated the gift of time that I had with them. I mean, however bleak it was some days, it was just nice to kind of reconnect with them. And although I do miss, I do actually miss watching them play sports because I really didn't, I certainly enjoyed, I really enjoyed the hockey games, but um, it's been kind of nice not having to drive places and just being able to at night, you know, we, we watch TV together or play games. Um, that has been a gift. And that is the one thing I do keep reminding myself on the days that it's very tough. And when you think that this is not ending and how much more can we handle um, that, you know, in that sense, we've, that's the lucky part of it. For sure. And it's such an important reminder because it is so easy to, you know, to get very deep into a dark hole of, of despair for a lot of people. Um, I, I also wonder uh, where self-care 
uh, fits in your list of, of long list of priorities. Um, what do you do in terms of self-care and, and is that a priority for you? It's not, it's not at all. And that is definitely one of the things that over the years has dropped off the radar. So it's one thing I have tried with the pandemic with being home and trying to do something for myself. Like even if it's just taking a walk with a friend, that's the one thing I've tried to do. Um, I don't do it daily. I wish I did it more. Um, but yeah, the self-care for sure. That's the one thing as a, as a mom and a working mom, I mean, something has to give. That's the one thing, unfortunately, that is generally going to give, right? Um, you fit it in where you can and you should always be doing more of it, but it's, a, it's the one thing you kind of learn to live without. Any uh, final thoughts, anything that you'd like to add that I haven't asked you? Um, no, just that, you know, it's, it's been an interesting journey during the pandemic in particular with parenting. And, you know, you read all kinds of articles about moms in particular feeling burned out. And you know what, I, I can see that I have I've been there. I can, I can feel that too. Um, there is, there's still hope though, hope though that this won't last forever. But I think too, we can all take lessons from the pandemic and that maybe we do need to slow down a little bit. Um, maybe do need sort of that time. Maybe the kids don't all need to be in competitive sports. Maybe they don't, you know, maybe I don't need to go to be going to work function so many times a week. Um, you know, just maybe that we do find time post pandemic um, to, to, I mean, obviously not have the same level of connection that we do now, but maybe something deeper than what we had before. Certainly a very optimistic outlook and, and <laughs> certainly something that's on the minds of many parents, I'm sure. Kristen Rochelle, mm -hmm. thank you so much for your time today. That's great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Leanne.